lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings for the first time in 2022. This is the longest ever in between live shows for me, except when I was either fired or on a non-compete. After 24 days, like Douglas MacArthur, we vowed we shall return And we have. The only question is, what have we returned to? My name is Steve Dace, in case you had forgotten here over the last three and a half weeks. Happy New Year again to all of you. Alongside, in case you had forgotten their names, our illustrious producer, Aaron McIntyre. And of course, America's favorite cranky, Todd Erzin. You'll hear more from each of them here in just a little bit. But before we get into regular order on today's show, since it has been a while and we are now in a new year, I thought it was important to start off with what amounts to a State of the Union here today on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. First, I want, though, to remind all of us of the stakes we are really playing for here in America in the year 2022. That there's a lot more at stake here for both sides of this equation. Those of us on the content producer end and those of you on the content consumer end, there's a lot more at stake here than just clicks and careers and entertainment or even infotainment. And I want to share with you three recent emails I received over the holidays that I think will reinforce what I'm talking about. This is a note from Ken. He writes, I'll keep it short. I took the jab to save my job. Being later in my career with a young family and a severely disabled nine-year-old son, we all thought it was best. I'm a federal government contractor under the Biden executive order. One month after my second Moderna jab, I developed GBS. For those of you that don't know what that is, that's where your body's immune system turns against you and begins attacking you often leading to some form of nerve damage. It took about four to five weeks for them to diagnose it. Fast forward another month and after treatments, it is getting worse. I am unable to walk and am confined to a wheelchair currently. The use of my hands is also rapidly diminishing. COVID is real, but so are the vaccine injuries. It's only rare until it happens to you. Please share my story with your listeners. I'd like to share this story with you as well. This is from Dawn McNear. She writes, I want to thank you for recommending Seven Cells. For those of you that remember, in the fourth quarter of last year, Seven Cells was the uh, ivermectin fulfillment uh, pharmacy online we directed you guys to. Number seven, spell it out, sevencells.com. I think they can still deliver to 35 of the 50 states in the country. I think even my name might still be a discount code there if uh, if you go with DACE. I want to thank you for recommending seven cells and being vigilant about people being prepared. My 18-year-old son came down with COVID symptoms after having gone to the Sugar Bowl at the Superdome. I think it's actually now Mercedes-Benz, but I'm feeling you. He's not jabbed. None of us in our house are. Wednesday morning, he had a 101.4 temperature, body aches, headache. Then he tells me he's got chest tightness and shortness of breath, and he can't taste his breakfast. So this is not awesome. 
the kid has chronic allergies, a history of bronchitis and pneumonia, and even with the meds I have, and even though I'm a pharmacist, like when I was working with in-home fusion pharmacy or infusion pharmacy for 13 years, I literally made life and death decisions for my patients, but even when it's now my kid, I still panicked a little. I gave my kid the Z-Stack Ivermectin protocol. From 7.30 Wednesday morning to about 3 p.m., the turnaround I saw in him was astounding. So much so that it makes me physically ill, thinking about how many people have needlessly died. No fever, sitting up, chest tightness gone, breathing easier. His fever, he ran a fever again Thursday morning of about 100.7, but after that broke, he has not had any fevers anymore. He's on day three of the protocol. I know this was really long, but I wanted you to know how much your show has helped. If you guys had not been so insistent so often, I probably still would have never ordered any. I shudder to think where I might be right now if I had not. He was so sick Wednesday morning, it truly frightened me. Again, this is a pharmacist. She's been in the healthcare field for decades. He was already so much better Wednesday afternoon. I was amazed, but also frustrated at how dense or corrupt or just plain evil policymakers and bureaucrats and so-called health officials are being. Again, that's from Don McNair, who also closed with some very kind sentiments for us in the show. And Don, we appreciate them. Thank you. Which brings me to one final note here to sort of set the stage and a little disclaimer before I read this final one. Over the holidays, uh, I posted on all of my socials about one of our listeners. Her name is Linda Akins, whose young adult daughter, I believe 18 or 19, uh, came down with severe COVID while being denied any early and effective early treatments while she was at the hospital. I contacted a bunch of people I know. I want to thank Matt Staver at Liberty Council who came through for some advice for the family. Of course, it was quick or, or difficult to do this quickly and mobilize because unfortunately there's A, so many s- stories like this throughout the country, but B, it was also over the holidays. Many of you kindly reached out to this family as well and they appreciated all of that. I want to share with you an update from Linda. I'm sorry, I've read this several times. I just wanted to update you that my daughter went home to be with Jesus today. We are heartbroken and cannot believe this happened. We fought the hospital, but in the end, they refused the ivermectin protocol. We were in the process of getting an attorney to get a court order, but her body could not hold out. She had severe asthma and her lungs just wouldn't function properly with the COVID. It's just sad that the protocol was there all along. My daughter was in the hospital, but they would rather rather let her die than go off their precious CDC protocols and give her a drug that maybe could have saved her life. This is sheer insanity. It didn't have to happen. My daughter is just another victim of COVID, Stan. The hospitals are complicit in the fact that they refuse to look at any data outside of CDC protocols. We went all the way to the administration, which was the advice Mr. Staver gave. We went all the way to the administration, administration trying to get them to allow her to take the medication. But brick wall every time and lots of excuses of how ivermectin is not safe. Let me remind you, this drug won the Nobel Prize in 2015. It is one of the safest and most used, widely used drugs on planet Earth. It may not be effective for you in the treatment of COVID, but the idea that it's not safe, it is safer than Tylenol. The administration at the hospital told us they've had many families request the medication, but they have denied them all. I bet they're proud, the bastards. 
evil bastards. Aren't you proud of yourselves? I told them you're supposed to follow the Hippocratic Oath of first do no harm, and their reply was, well, it depends on your definition of harm. Her daughter's dead. Is that enough harm for you, bastards? Is that enough for you? Did you have any shame, guilt, remorse at all when you put the blanket over her and pronounced her dead? Any? Any? Did you struggle to sleep when you went home from work that night? Was your conscience pricked in the least? No? Enjoy hell. I said, I don't know. Saving a life versus your fear of side effects of a drug doesn't seem like a hard decision. So unbelievable. It just breaks my heart that so many families across the nation are facing the same thing. That is from Linda Akins in our very own audience. I have received an email like this more times than I can count. Frankly, if I'm being brutally honest with you, more times than I can emotionally handle. Let not the long break deter us from what's really at stake here. The stakes we are really playing for here. Three listeners from all over the country in an audience that's not insignificant, but is a few hundred thousand people. This ain't the Rush Limbaugh show with 21 million listeners. A few hundred thousand people. All over, spread out over a nation of 330 million plus. So it's it's very difficult to get this much anecdotal random chance interconnectedness. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, yeah. Statistically, it's hard. And here we have, during a time we weren't on the air, when even the volume, therefore, of the, of the traffic we receive in terms of feedback is diminished. They coerced me. I took the jab. Now I'm in a wheelchair. We took your advice and got the protocols, put our son on it. I could not believe the change. The hospital would not give our daughter the protocols. And now we have no daughter. It's not a game. And it's not about career boosts or clicks or popularity contests. The stakes here are cosmic. A cosmic theater is literally playing out. The sorts of things that occur within spiritual realms and principalities is literally playing out right now in real life, in the natural world for us all to see. And there are real victims here and real consequences. Which brings me to 10 sort of declarations I would like to make to kick off this new year. Just to again set the stage of what we are, what this show's about, who we are, and what we think is happening. I want to begin. First of all, 
with our show's theme for the year. We spoiled it for you already before we left for vacation, but just to reiterate, the show theme for this year is Let's Find Out. Let me give you a subtle example of this. I had a gentleman stop me at Planet Fitness two or three days ago. He said, hey, you're Steve Dace, right? I said, yeah. And he's like, hey, I, I love your podcast. I, I listen to it every chance I get. Did you notice that? Did you notice that they took Fox News here off of the TV screens? They got every news channel except Fox. Have you noticed that? And I told him, I thought I had noticed it, but frankly, given what I do all day long, I try to avoid as many of those channels, all of them, as I possibly can. And I just want to come in here, man, listen to some podcasts, get my sweat on and get out. That's the wrong answer I gave him. I fell into my own complacency. Because he's like, you know what? Yeah, I get that. But I kind of think, he's like, I don't even like half the shows on Fox either, but it's not the point. So yeah, I already said something to the manager and the assistant manager. And I think I'm going to go to corporate too. Because I just think, frankly, it's time that people get annoyed like they annoy us. It's time to pester the pesterers. I listen to your show a lot. I like that message. Guy schooled me on my own message. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. Go to that school board, raise hell. Let's find out what happens. I don't know. Let's just say no. Let's find out. Let's say hell no. Let's find out. Let's, let's, you know what? You say you're willing to do these things and impose them on me. I'm willing to face them. So let's find out if you truly are willing. Let's find out. This is the year we will call the bluff. Let's find out. And I think that needs to be all of our attitudes within the sound of my voice. Let's find out. Let's find out if Mayo Clinic can survive 700 fewer doctors, nurses, and you know, uh, radiologists, and right on down the line. Let's find out. Let's find out. Arguably the greatest tennis player that ever lived just did this to the entire Australian government. Let's find out. Let's find out. Catholic, Protestant, agnostic, doesn't matter. The historical example still applies. Every door is Wittenberg. Go ahead. Let's just nail those theses to the door and let's find out. Let's just see what happens. Let's find out. Let's game plan it out. Enough empty threats, enough coercion. No, we're going to make you kind of follow through now. Let's find out. Because I'm willing, I'm willing to face the consequences. Are you willing to face the consequences for doling those consequences out? Let's find out. Call the bluff. Number two. No one is vaccinated. 
no one is vaccinated. No one is vaccinated because these are not vaccines. These jabs are not vaccines by any definition of this term that we have ever concocted in the last 200 years of human medicine until we changed the definition last fall to justify these jabs. They are not vaccines. You are not immunized. Far from it. No one is vaccinated against COVID. No one is. There are 8 billion people on planet Earth. Not a single damn one of them is vaccinated against COVID because they're not vaccines. And we will not play along or even footsie with Orwellian changes of definitions around here. And I don't care if I'm even thrown off of gab by the end of the year. No. Nope. No. No one is vaccinated because these are not vaccines. Number three. If lockdowns were the dumbest and most immoral management decision in human history, Operation Warp Speed has become one of the dumbest and most immoral management decisions in American history. All we got out of it was unprecedented assaults on individual sovereignty and bodily autonomy in exchange for a substandard product with waning efficacy that produces weak antibodies. And that's before we even address the adverse side effects, which Operation Warp Speed protects Big Pharma from facing accountability for. I think that one kind of speaks for itself. Number four. January 6th is a fake news narrative and one of the worst gaslights in American history. At best, the spirit of the age cynically has attempted to co-opt an unfortunate event slash riot for sinister cause. At worst, the spirit of the age helped to cause it to happen. Number five, there are only men and women. Uh, There are no other genders. There are no other trans identities. We will only refer to men and women as God created us, regardless of any individual's psychosis, which we will not affirm whatsoever. Not even in reference. Just to clarify. Number six. We will relentlessly pursue truth and do our best to elevate truth tellers more than ever with even less regard for their previous or current political standing or affiliation than ever before. We're truthists. If we think you're telling the truth, we're with you. If we don't, we're not. And we don't care how many damn times we agreed you the before or didn't or, or disagreed with you prior. It doesn't matter right now. Number seven. Conservatism as a political strategy is dead. The things it wishes to conserve are still good, true, and beautiful for human beings because those things are timeless and based in the laws of nature and nature's God. But the institutions we would previously align ourselves with to politically conserve those things are all but given over to the spirit of the age now. We must accept this unfortunate reality or we will unfortunately continue to lose. You know... With the slap dick attorneys that we had at the U.S. Supreme Court on Friday. That were representing us. And were awful. And gave up every premise. It's like we sent Mitch McConnell to argue our case. But dumber. Number eight. Therefore... 
Our new political strategy should be centered exclusively on exposing and advancing truth. Wherever the truth is, we will be also. Wherever the truth is, we will be also. Number nine, that also means we will not comply with lies regardless of the entity that seeks to impose them upon us. No. No. I'm a big boy. I'm willing to face the consequences for this. Let's see if you're a big boy and willing to try to impose them. Number 10. Theology Thursday this year will consist of three in-depth book studies to help us study the enemy, his movements and manifestations, and therefore how to confront those things. And that will begin this Thursday as we study Scott Atlas's book about COVID Stan. I now will ask Todd and Aaron to give their thoughts here on the open of the show. Gentlemen, the floor is yours. Todd and I routinely chit-chat before you come in because Todd's usually here about an hour before the show. Some of it's vapid, banal. Uh, some of it's serious. Uh, there was one conversation that we had, and I don't know why this stands out to me, uh, four, five, six weeks ago. Can't even remember what we were talking about. But Todd, you said something uh, to the effect of sometimes I wonder uh, when, you know, you just go out and live life, how much of this that we see on a day-to-day basis is actually real, not in a psychosis type of way, what's actually real in terms of what's actually transcendent, or is this all just smoke and mirrors, just a show? I can't remember the context of the conversation that we were having. As we come back to the show this year, what you let off, Steve, and and then the 10 declarations, folks, that's as real as it freaking gets. As Steve said, the statistical um, stretches that you have to go to for a show our size, which is not insignificant, but to have this many, this many people on a consistent basis, reach out and say, this hospital is trying to kill me or to kill a loved one. I can't get this. The pharmacist won't feel that. My employer won't do this, won't honor that. That's real. And I know a lot of you listening to this right now or watching this right now, you know that's real as well. But I would just again encourage us and me as well. It's a good reminder for me as well. This show, we want to be entertaining, but we are not entertainment. We're trying as best as we as best as we possibly can with our own feebleness, our own weaknesses that we bring to the table, each one of us, to try and point you and point ourselves, trying to point you to Uh, the ultimate source of truth. And the truth is, there are a lot of people vying for your attention, your eyeballs, your ears, every single day, who will say what you want to to hear and play for you what you want to see. 
but I would just, again, I, I would say let, let's not lose sight of the fact that if we come here to places like this merely for entertainment, there's, there's really nothing real that we're conserving at all. Nothing at all. Um, I, I don't want to put it flippantly, but another way, another way to put this show's this year's theme is keep it real. Because what we're finding our for is real lives, real livelihoods, and in the real future of our children and grandchildren. That's as real as it gets. I remember that uh, conversation. Aaron, and what I uh, was prepared to say was uh, indirectly going to embrace that very thing. Uh, I am very much in Yellowstone Rip Wheeler mode. Uh, I, I, I announced we were coming back last night with a gif of him that all of you liked and provided your own, and that was a lot of fun. But listen, I, I am in the service of something here. That Rip talked about, if you'll allow me, on the uh, in this latest uh, season. And listen, that's not, th- th- these are flawed creatures doing bad things on the show, but there's a principle here. He's been introduced in this last season to a young version of himself, who's a mess, who's an orphan, who needs this place to turn him into a man. And Rip tells him, it, and he's starting to bond with the kid. It, initially, he wanted nothing to do with him. He's a rough guy, but, but he's starting to bond with him, and he tells the kid, he says, if you want to survive in this place and be a success, never once, not one day you're here, think you've earned this. That it's just yours. You come back and you'd be thankful for it every single day. Never put it on cruise control. Well, that's what Aaron's talking about. What's real out there is, is anybody in any way waking up in the morning and being responsible for fighting for the good, the true, and the beautiful. Because if you're not, it doesn't matter. We're going to lose this game and we're going to lose this game soon. Case in point, in my own little school district, these people are playing for keeps. Because of the outward dialogue that we are having about porn in the schools, a school district employee, yes, called the police on me. Say, I mean, I'm a bad guy. See, pretty soon you're not going to be allowed to talk. Forget just social media. You're not going to be able to say it out loud at all. What are you prepared to do? That's it. Now, not later, not tomorrow. I'm glad everybody's excited we're back. I'm excited to be back too. Fight. Do or do not, there is no try. End of story. For those of you that are loyal followers of the show and um, and not just hearers of the word, but doers also, you might be thinking, man, you guys are coming out pretty strong on this point. Why? Because it is an election year. And the temptation to just get hooked, man, yep. there it is. just get hooked on that jopium, G-O-P opium, get hooked on that jopium drip, man. Just, just hang out. Puff, puff, pass, man. Puff, puff, pass. Vote them out in November. I hope we vote all these SOBs out in November, but how many more Linda Akins are there going to be between now and then? How many have there already been? 
cannot vote our way out of this. We cannot vote our way out of this. Frankly, there's probably better odds we could get out of this without voting at all than we could just vote our way out of it. Let's try both. And let's find out what happens. Because the drip is already turned on. And you can see now, if you've been paying attention for the last couple of weeks, the COVID stand narrative is shifting, which I'll get more into next hour with our 10 predictions for the new year. But the temptation to just go into jopium mode, just take the drip, man, because it'll all be better when Kevin McCarthy's speaker. Or you elect another governor like Mike DeWine. We can't afford that. People's lives are being irrevocably altered by what is happening. Let us never forget that. More in a moment. Well, after an empty the tank opening like that, you know what I did during the break, right? Old habits die hard. Had to go for the eggnog built bar. That's right. I ordered extras. I ordered over Habit, Christmas. Addiction, obsession, religion. Over Christmas, I they were they they were doing a, a factory clear out of their fall stuff. I ordered six more. I ordered six more. The uh, the pumpkin one. You just get personal calls now before everybody else. <laughs> what you what you want, Steve? What can we do? We're, just, we're out of space. I'm now. I'm, I'm now. This is like an episode of Hoarders, <laughs> all right? But I wanted to make sure I had enough eggnog and gingerbread and pumpkin to tide me over until next August and September when these things uh, begin to appear. And maybe maybe you're kind of hey, I love that seasonal stuff, but I want to move on. You know, the everyday flavors at Bill Bar are great too. I had a cherry barcia. That's one of their standard uh, assortment box flavors. It's one of their better ones. It's like a chocolate covered cherry candy bar. It is absolutely the best protein bar you have ever had. And if you want to take advantage, it's the time of year that a lot of us now begin to dig out from all the sugar and everything else we ate for the last few weeks and try to get back uh, into some healthy equilibrium. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at built.com. D-E-A-C-E is how you could spell it if you want the 15% off. D-E-A-C-E, promo code Dace, at built.com. That's built.com. Get 15% off your order right now with the promo code DACE at built.com. And now, back to regular order. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. One of the things, by the way, I learned at my email address is that a lot of people who watch Tucker Carlson also listen to this show because I'm pretty confident that within a 30-second span after Ted Cruz appeared on that show last week, all of you emailed me. I texted you. <laughs> yes, you did. All of a sudden, I'm like, why are there 900 emails in my inbox when I haven't done a show in three and a half weeks? 
All right, so Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, at least for now. They're crushing our traffic again. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, at least for now. They're purging and banning everybody. Uh, it was our own Daniel Horowitz last night for accurately quoting UK uh, vaccine breakthrough data. Uh, it was Matt Walsh over the weekend for or, or Friday uh, for accurately quoting there's only men and women. So who knows how long you can go there at Steve Dace Show. You can always go to MeWe Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Look for my name there. Uh, or at Steve Day Show on Getter, and then get clips of the show as well on rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Next hour, we will lay out my top 10 predictions for 2022. That's a show tradition on the very first episode every single year. But before we do that, here is Aaron's montage of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by how to distill three weeks of heavy news stories into a six or seven minute montage. There's so much news that happened, obviously, while we were gone. I thought it was best just to pick one story for every letter of the alphabet and try to squeeze it into seven minutes or less. So let's begin. A for Alpha and Omega of control groups, the Omicron variant, the Omicron variant has effectively trapped COVID stand, forcing them to admit the vaccines were a total failure or admit the testing regime and ongoing case-demic are a sham. The vaccines have shown in numerous countries already negative efficacy in some instances against Omicron. B for breakthrough cases. While we were gone, Senators Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren, along with Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who vacationed in Florida, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, and many other high-profile branch Covidians caught COVID despite being triple-jabbed. C for the case-demic. The United States, led by states like New York, set new world records for cases of coronavirus multiple times while we were gone. Long lines formed across the country for people looking to get tested. D for dumbass, which is what MSNBC's Nicole Wallace is. I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. I buy KN95 masks, buy the, you know, caseload. They're in every pocket. I wear them everywhere except when I sit down. And I am certain that this is not a variant I can outrun. E for exists, as in what Sweden does. This chart shows cumulative excess deaths for European countries in 2021. One of these things is not like the other. F for federal, as in there's no federal solution for coronavirus, according to Joe Biden while we were gone. G for gutless, which former President Trump admitted he was to Fox News' Maria Bartiromo. Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people ask me that question, and I did it right. Because if you do fire him, you're going to have a firestorm on the left again, as usual. H for hells, yeah. Iowa's Division of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, will not be complying with nor enforcing the Biden administration's COVID mandate, regardless of the upcoming Supreme Court decision. I for irony. This Democrat congresswoman from Pennsylvania voted to defund the police last year. She was carjacked recently and robbed at gunpoint. J for jailhouse, which is where this Texas English teacher and mother should be after locking her own son in the trunk of her car while she went to get a COVID test because she claims he needed to quarantine. K for Kamala, who got angry with her own media. So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really, Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican 
about asking whether or not he's president. L for losing, which the Biden administration did on even more challenges to its unconstitutional vax mandate for large businesses. M for monoclonal antibodies, which had previously been rationed. They're now being withheld altogether in states like Maryland because Governor Larry Hogan needed them instead, apparently. N for the no-spin zone. Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly were on a speaking tour together where Trump revealed... Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Um, oh, don't, 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 don't. Oh, for obscene, this couple got engaged on New Year's Eve and tried to kiss on live TV with their masks still on. P for propaganda or posers or pieces of poop. A new FOIA email dump shows outgoing NIH director Francis Collins and the fiend Dr. Anthony Fauci colluding on a response to the Great Barrington Declaration and a, quote, takedown of its premises. The Great Barrington Declaration is a statement signed by scores of public health experts and epidemiologists, which promotes focused protection of the most vulnerable and seeks to end lockdowns. Q for quarantine guidance. The CDC revised its guidance for how long people should quarantine after contracting COVID from 10 days to five for asymptomatic infections. Apparently, we're not so concerned about asymptomatic spread after all. R for the great retcon, both Anthony Fauci and Rochelle Walensky are now drawing a distinction between hospitalization with and for COVID. S for supremely stupid, Sonia Sotomayor, who claimed during oral arguments over the legality of Biden's vaccine mandate last week that 100,000 kids are currently hospitalized for COVID. T for to catch a predator, a second CNN producer, this time former producer for Jake Tapper named Rick Celebi, is being investigated for allegations regarding juvenile victims of sex crimes. U for uterus, more triumphs for feminism. The Ivy League released a statement last week in support of University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas, who is a dude and competes on the women's team against women. In his most recent swimming meet, he was beaten by another trainee. Also, the left is lauding Jeopardy's first female to take home over a million dollars in winnings. That person is also a dude. V for vaccines work. A Navy warship with 100% vaccination rate paused its deployment to South America due to a COVID outbreak. That's not nearly as embarrassing as my favorite story while we were gone. This Belgian Antarctic research station whose staff is also 100% vaccinated and obviously haven't been around people for a while is facing an outbreak of their own. W for what the fudge, a reality TV star ended up in the hospital after forcing herself to fart too much. Stephanie Matto has made a killing selling her farts in a jar. X for Xi Jinping, whose book will no longer receive reviews on Amazon after the Communist Party pressured the American company to halt said reviews. Why for you should have elected somebody without dementia. Joe Biden took calls from the NORAD Santa tracking program and a dad ended the call like this. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Z for the French have gone crazy. President Emmanuel Macron said this of the country's unvaccinated, quote, I really want to piss them off, and so we will continue to do so to the bitter end. That's the strategy, end quote. And that's just a little bit of what happened while we were away. I don't even know what to do with that. I just, so I'm going to... I'm going to do another live read because I don't I don't even know what to say after watching that. And I'm going to give myself some time to come up with it. While I tell you about our friends uh, over at ExpressVPN, um, hey, when did we decide to stop upholding uh, free speech as a basic right? No. Now, <laughs> apparently, is the answer. 
Uh, what's playing out right now is big tech companies and social media sites are setting dangerous precedents. And it doesn't really matter necessarily who your politics are, or who you voted for. Uh, if you go against the regime narrative, your name could be Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Or Steve Bannon. That's right. I lived long enough to see those guys podcasting together. It doesn't really matter. Uh, if you are contrary the regime narrative, then you are a target from big tech. And that's why you want to use a VPN that will protect your identity so that you can't get access to tracking your, your video history, search engine histories, uh, et cetera. All right. And that's where VPN comes in. It encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from not just big tech, but eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. Easy to use, just a one-click installment on any of your devices, your computer, your phone, your laptop, uh, iPad, etc. cetera. Uh, so you can stop allowing big tech to revoke your rights and your free speech. If you want to give ExpressVPN a shot, ExpressVPN, V as in victory, expressvpn.com slash Steve is where you can go to get three months for free with that exclusive link right now. Three months for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash Steve. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Steve. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to say to that because it's just a systemic cultural collapse. And and keep in mind, these are headlines from like the least from a from a newsmaking variety. I know for Many, many of us that live, you know, normal, this can be one of the busiest times of the year, right? Different gatherings, events, etc. But from a news-making variety, this is one of the slowest times of the year. And, and that's the greatest and, and saddest evidence I've ever seen of a systemic cultural collapse in my lifetime is what Aaron just did to summarize the last 24 days since we were last on the air. Well, when you consider whatever you think about vaccines, lockdowns, the last two years, the data on Omicron, as Steve has said, as a control group, it should be the sigh of relief. It, it should be we made it. If we were really the people of reason and science, we were supposed to be. But... Juxtapose that reality with Macron. There's not that. There's the opposite. Oh, you think this is over? This isn't over. We've only just begun. We're going to harass you. We're going to beat you. We're going to come get you. Which dovetails perfectly with what we talked about in the first opening half hour of the show. That's who they are about everything. COVID, gender, what have you. There's no returning back to normal. As I've said, normal sucked. We shouldn't want to. But they're not going to let us go back even to that anyways if we wanted to. They've got entirely different plans. The undoing of reality. Accept it. Life might get harder in some ways, but it will be better. Because it's actually real. How did you... How did you narrow this down? Um, I looked at what I had liked and what I had been talking about on Twitter. I looked through you guys' Twitter feeds. What I did do to narrow it down, there is um, 
there's another 10 minutes worth of Omicron data. I just yeah. ignored most of all, most all of that. Cause if I get into that, then that's a rabbit trail and that's going to be, so that's, that's the most narrowing down. I figured you're going to get into that eventually this week anyway. So, um, there was very little narrowing down, I guess, to, to, to answer your question. That's a societal unraveling. That that's a societal unraveling. The school's ninety nine point five percent of us couldn't possibly get into now have men competing against women mm-hmm. in a swim meet. I'll be addressing that tonight at my school board meeting, so uh, buckle up, folks. If I don't make it in tomorrow, Steve? Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. LFO. Maybe we should create some show swag for this year. LFO. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out how truly committed a lot of our countrymen are to this agenda. Because, see, I don't think many of them are. I think a lot of people are committed to the path of least resistance. That's what I think a lot of people are committed to. The path of least resistance. Let's find out just how committed to this cultural Marxism, this spirit of the ageism. Let's find out just how committed people are. Like when the cop called you. He's not committed. No, he wasn't. Just checking a box, man. Yes, he was. He's not committed. He's not committed. Maybe it's time to find out who on the Carlisle School Board is committed. I mean, do they want to be national figures in a national media program? We will be rolling tape. Yeah. Let's find out. Let's find out. It's been too easy. We have let it, we have let it be too easy for too many of our countrymen to just go along with the spirit of the age, just go with the flow, not rock the boat. Let's rock some boats. Let's fashion some whips of cord here. Let's turn over some money changers. Jack Welch used to say that every now and then he would just come into a board meeting and just lose his damn mind. just so that everybody could be reminded of the stakes and how serious the situation was, what they were doing at General Electric. I think it's time we do that. Let's remind everybody, all year long, every way that we can, just how serious all of this is and find out how serious all of them are about following through on it. Hour two is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for me as well, Steve Dace on MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can look for at Steve Dace Show on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. 
Uh, I saw Joe Rogan and uh, several others have now gone over and joined Getter. I think I read over the weekend that they have added something like 700,000 accounts in the last week. New accounts over on Getter, registered users. Good for them. Y'all, by the way, all of y'all with these alternative sites, get as many registered users now as you possibly can. Because Trump's team has announced they're going to launch their social media platform next month. And I got a, I got a feeling at that point, it's going to just suck all the remaining oxygen in the room just because you know he's going to post there. And so the amount of traffic that that is going to generate, it's probably going to mean uh, there's a uh, move over bacon. Now there's something meteor. Remember those old sizzling commercials when we were kids? Sizzling. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, I think that that's probably going to uh, introduce a, a, a vastly new player in the alternative social media sphere marketplace. So Every one of these sites should probably get as many new accounts now, between now and when that debuts in February, as possible. And I've, I've, by the way, for those of you that don't know, I think I said this at the time, I have been granted access, preview access of Trump's new platform. And it, it, it's, it's almost a seamless replica of Twitter. So if you, if you go to Gab or you go to MeWe, they're kind of patterned after Facebook more. Uh, if you go to Getter and Parler, they're more patterned with the quick draw of a Twitter. Trump is absolutely going for more of a Twitter vibe, more than a Facebook vibe with, with what he's got coming. So. so you can go there and you can get clips of the show without any censorship whatsoever at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And by the way, if you are a podcast listener to the show, thank you so much our show has grown so much the last couple of years, and you are one of the biggest reasons why. Please, if you have not had a, a chance to do this yet, uh, give us a five-star review uh, and then a hit subscribe or follow, whichever applies on whichever podcast platform you prefer. Now, if you're at the gym listening to podcasts and like, man, I wish I had some really good noise cancellation earbuds. Do I have the solution for you with our friends over at Raycon? If you... If you want to cancel noise, I mean, I've tried several different brand varieties. I've not found one that cancels noise quite as cancelly uh, as our friends over at Raycon do, which is why whenever they come in the house, um, one of my teenagers, usually the son, says, can I borrow them? I don't get them back. And then the last time they got delivered, I now keep them hidden in my desk drawer where no one would dare ever tread uh, for threat of their life. Okay, so if you want to get a set of Raycons right now, they can go with you wherever you want to go um, and they'll fit into any budget. And did I mention excellent noise cancellation as well? It's why they've got over 48,000 five star reviews for Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N-N, not Raycom, the old uh, defunct sports network that did the bull games in the 80s, like the Freedom Bowl when we were kids. Raycon, R A Y. C-O-N, and get 15% off your entire Raycon order right now when you go to buyraycon.com slash Steve. That's buyraycon.com slash Steve. Get 15% off right now at buyraycon.com slash Steve. So let us continue. Uh, it's an annual tradition on our first show back is I lay out analyzing trends in various arenas and platforms, I lay out 10 things that I think will happen in the new year. And then we sit here at the end of the year on one of our final uh, couple of shows of the year and look back and see how many of these did I get right? I can't even remember 
what did I get? Like five and a half out of 10? Is that what we came up with? Yeah. For 2021? Yeah, I believe so. We consider anytime I get six or more, I think the record is I got seven once. But anything over six, we consider like Nostradamus level of success, right? Anything under six and, you know, then at that point it's 50-50 and that's like flipping a coin. Anybody could do that. Fair? Yeah. Okay. So let's begin with number 10. And this is, I have spoiled this for the Dace group, so I thought I would start with it since I already threw this out there. An unsettling year in foreign policy. Let me quantify this. I think we're going to see the risk board reset. Russia overtaking Ukraine. China toppling Taiwan. I think each of these empires or wannabes uh, doing so, striking in response to the weakness projected by the feebleness of the U.S. presidency. I think Prime Minister Naftali Bennett in Israel will be gone by the end of the year. Toppled by a populist tired of COVID tyranny. He's facing protests now and I think it was only by like one vote or something within their own, uh, their parliamentary system that even put his, you know, faction government in control over Bibi, if I recall. Um, I think also these massive protests we have seen for the latter half of 2021, almost every weekend in places like Germany and France and Austria and Australia and New Zealand that were all ignored and I wrote this, you know, uh, before Macron uh, laid the gauntlet down that Aaron you had in your montage, which is just only going to egg this on further. I think you will see these mass protests now turn violent. And that will lead to some domestic instability in these countries, too. If you continue to ignore that mass of people who continues and persistently assembles without any redress or addressing of their grievances whatsoever. I think the situation sort of devolves from there. Your thoughts. Uh, That's yeah, that's a no brainer. Why wouldn't you, if you were them? I mean, if not now, when, I mean, if they, and if they don't, it projects weakness on their end. They, they very much have to do something. That's why this is, this is just less a prediction than a, Reading it's just historical the prophecy. Ex- it's, the, it, it's the historical yes. devi- devolution of, of human societies. It's, it's it's just it's unavoidable. Yeah. That's why I made it last. I thought starting out with that would look weak. Yeah. Okay, because this just you cannot trample on people's rights while ignoring their voice for that long, and they won't just look at each other and just say shuffle their shoes and feet and say, "Well, yeah. I guess the, we gave it our best shot, guys." You know, back to the tyranny. They won't do that, guys. They'll storm Bastilles. I mean, this is this is where moments like this historically come from, is from this sort of phenomenon that we're describing here. Yeah, and it could be unsettling is one word for it. I think harrowing is is another word for it as well. Because of what you just described, um, you just, it's human nature. It is human nature. Um, we would like to see a little bit more of that <laughs> here, fighting back in some pockets of the country. But um, in places like France, where they have had such consistent protest, and then the response from Macron is, and the horse you rode in on, that just, that's not going to stand forever. Any other thoughts on China, Russia, 
Bennett not long for this world as prime minister of Israel? Anything along those lines? No, like I said, that's why I, th- I think they, it's not just an opportunity, but if, if the, if not now, when their people are looking at them, you know, like you, America is weak. Now we've, we've been the weak ones. We felt weak. They're, I mean, honestly, you can't, if they don't do something now, uh, they're going to be viewed as equally as weak as Joe Biden and the honor and shame system uh, is very, God knows we don't believe in it much anymore like we should, but there are other parts of the world do. I did, take this one to the bank. Yeah. I, I think in, in China, I think she is actually going, I think he's facing more internal um, insecurity. I agree. Than, yeah. than what, obviously, what the CCP will ever let on. Yeah. I think that's why you're seeing all of these crackdowns on on what left of um, capitalism was left in China. Yeah, if you've I agree with you. Their, if you've watched their movements over the last three or four months, it's clear they're trying to return to communism or communism with an uppercase C, not this fusion, not this fusion of communism with crony capitalism like the, like they've had. And I, it'll be interesting to see how the Chinese people who have who have been enjoying increasingly a, a better standard of living react to that. Remember, they had unprecedented civil unrest in Hong Kong right before COVID. I mean, the most civil unrest they'd faced as a regime since Tiananmen Square. That's another reason why you finally take out Taiwan. You know, you you, you try to cynically raise people's nationalistic fervors and whatever sense of motherland jingoism still remains in a country like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so that's a, that's a shiny object. You know, we, we took out these insurgents rally around the flag. Uh, Daniel and I were having a conversation about this over the break. And I said to him, I, I <laughs> if I could go back and talk to 1999, 2009, Steve, I'd have been the guy that's like, dude, we're putting 20,000 troops on the Ukrainian border and telling Russia, feeling froggy? Mm. Now I'm just like, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. I, I, I've spent the last couple of years trying to defend my way of life against my own government. I, I just don't, just don't care. It's, I'm, it's not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's kind of where I'm at. Like if we woke up tomorrow and Ukraine was just now another Russian state, I, I just wouldn't care. I just wouldn't care because I don't have the luxury of caring about you, the U.S. position in the world right now. I'm trying to stake out our own position within the U.S. What position of authority are we arguing or caring exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. At least, at least, at least, Putin knows what a gender is. Uh, number nine. The Green Bay Packers will win Super Bowl Fifty Six. Now, this was my preseason pick, and I'm sticking with it. They've also been the most consistent team all along, all season long. But wouldn't it be just downright serendipitous, man? It's like the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series after they had the All-Star game taken away, okay? In a season when nobody thought they were even going to make the playoffs. The traditional playoff loser wins its first World Series in, what was it, 25 years? Wouldn't it be just downright cosmic if Aaron Rodgers gets his second Super Bowl in Green Bay the same year that he has pimped Atlas Shrugged on television, absolutely pimp-slapped COVID stand and its acolytes at every turn, all right? I mean, 
who doesn't want to see at this point, unless you're the team, you're you're the other team playing them on any one of these upcoming Sundays in the postseason. Everyone else in America, unless you're a fan of that team, that's within the sound of our voice that follows sports, would love to see Aaron Rodgers scold his way, scolding the scolds his way to a Lombardi trophy. And I'm just getting an Atlanta Brave cosmic vibe off of this, guys. Okay? So... I'm sticking with my preseason pick, but I think there might be something potentially more cosmic here pushing this along. I If, if it's the Chiefs, uh, of course, I'll want the Chiefs to win. But if it's not, it's like I can't. It's, I'm in a no-lose situation. I Even Todd, I mean, that's his quarterback. Even Todd, I think, would tell you Aaron Rodgers was just a piece of work. Right, a couple yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now he's like my he's like one of my favorite quarterbacks. Yeah. Other than Patrick Mahomes, I mean, even even then, because of Patrick Mahomes' brother, I just I can't stand the rest of the Mahomes name. I mean, he is just he does not give a rip, and it was, I, and it's coming from a place he's dating this left wing actress Shailene, or they're engaged now i guess maybe are they engaged Sh- now? I, I don't i don't know Shailene, Shailene, Shailene woodley? woodley from the um oh, i can't remember the divergent the divergent yeah. books yeah um, the movies yeah would you have pegged that guy that no, guy no this is the atheist cal berkeley guy yes. who had alienated who was estranged from his family because frankly he thought they were given over to the maga cult we were just talking about that a few years ago, yeah. right? He wasn't talking to his parents. Jordan Rogers, his little brother who played who played at Vanderbilt and was on ESPN. He had been estranged from his family because he thought that they were kind of, you know, fake Christian MAGA cultists. And he's the more educated well, Berkeley atheist guy. Remember that? Yeah, but he's okay? still all that, too. That's the thing. The yeah. strange well, he is reading Ayn Rand, and she was a race, or she, <laughs> racist. I'm sorry. She was an atheist, too. Yes. He, but on this... He's, uh, you know, there's always been. He's on the side of angels on this. Well, Joe Rogan, they're all, they're, there's always been these people around. I'm not that surprised. I, just on the football end of things, there's a certain, there's a certain charm to this season. Our, we've had a bunch of injuries, a lot of other, but our depth has shown through. Now we've got one of the best offensive tackles in football and a Zadarius Smith. They're, they're coming back just for the playoffs, healthy. So there's that, but I, I just want to see this to uh, Aaron's point. I like I want all of the playoff uh, Q and A questions. Uh, yeah, I, whoever is asking them, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, uh, can you tell me about what the uh, the uh, whoever's Forty uh, ers defense? And I want him to just keep responding. Well, thank you for asking me about ivermectin protocols. I, I want it. <laughs> America wants it. You're my guy. Thank you. You're my quarterback. Uh, let's stick with more pop culture. Number eight. For the second straight year, a Spider-Man movie will be the top-grossing film at the box office, but this time, it will be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the much-anticipated sequel to the 2018 Oscar-winning predecessor, which some people, including yours truly, believes could very well be the greatest animated film ever made. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is just, its the to me, it's Gone with the Wind, Star Wars Return of the King level of quality animated movie. The sequel comes out later this year, comes out in the fall in October, I believe. And with all the hype about multiverses now and everything else, and and you're seeing with limited exception, everything's dying at the box office right now except Spider-Man. 
Right now, the American pop culture consumer cannot get enough Spider-Man. And this is going to be different in that it's not live action. It's not the same plot line. So you won't feel like you've been there before and done that. Um, I think this will end up being the top grossing film of 2022. I really hope you're wrong. I I don't remember all of the movies uh, that are coming out. There's an, the next Jurassic Park is coming yeah. out this year. The next Aquaman comes out this year. The Batman, the reboot well, of Batman comes out in March. By the way, the, the latest, the, the trailers on that. And I was and as close to as maybe I could get to Batman movied out, you know? But dude, the, the trailers on that Batman movie with Robert Pattinson look freaking incredible. Yeah, look good. Okay. I agree. So oh. yeah, so, so you do have some big time franchises yes. coming back, right? But Buzz also, Lightyear's getting his own movie. Understand? Uh, listen, the 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 last the No Way Home Spider Man movie, very very good. But listen, we we can't talk about what we talked about in the first hour. With and I understand tentpole movies are gonna, but we need if we truly have cultural reform, we need something other than a cartoon superhero movie to be in the running for making the most money on it i i hope something else steps in and surprises us not because i want this not to be good but we we need we need to elevate our expectations for our culture um i think the batman could have a chance i I think there's a good enough chance that the batman could uh could overtake this spider-man or spider-verse uh sequel that I wouldn't actually predict that. Um, it'll be an interesting year, really, for the future of cinema at at the theaters. Because now, if if it's true that the COVID stand narrative is collapsing, we're taking the off ramp, etc. Now people really don't have much of an excuse anymore not to go to the theaters. So I I think this will be a pivotal year. That's probably the prediction that I I would have made a pivotal year for the future of of cinema. All right, one more pop culture. Obi-Wan Kenobi will surpass even the Mandalorian in terms of accolades and affection and inspire Disney to make a surprising feature film announcement. I think I think Disney has not announced the release for Obi-Wan Kenobi because they're going to release it on May 4th, which is the kind of acknowledged Star Wars Day. I think they were releasing on May 4th, plus that's a Wednesday this year. And they're now releasing their new series on Wednesdays mm-hmm. instead of Fridays. So I think Wednesday, May 4th is when Obi-Wan Kenobi will be released. It's when it will debut. I think it will be so celebrated and so beloved that by the end of the year, Disney makes a surprise announcement that the next feature film in the Star Wars universe is a movie based on Darth Vader's exploits and exploration of the dark side of the Force set during the same time period. Aaron, I'll let you go first this time. So this is going to be Disney Plus's first live-action TV show, uh, Star Wars TV show, that will feature lightsabers. Mm-hmm. So I can totally see this. Oh, we had one episode of The Mandalorian with Ahsoka true. that had it. Yeah. But, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. With, with with the main character being a lightsaber-wielding mm-hmm. uh, person. So I can, and he's beloved as well. So I can totally see this. Totally see this taking off. If I, I don't even know what the plot is. I assume this is kind of the in-between time mm-hmm. um, of Obi-Wan Kenobi's life uh, between the, the old or the, the Republic and, um, and his outcast. So um, I can see this happening. And 
you could have probably predicted a uh, a film announcement anyway because Disney just can't quit. I don't think Star Wars. Todd, uh, I think there's enough there there to what you said for it uh, to be true. I was talking with a uh, old uh, buddy of mine uh, from my Des Moines Register days who's who's very geeky about all this stuff, and I and uh, it's while I'm I mean I I'm not watching anything Star Wars makes going forward, but. Uh, I, I, the missing Boba Fett. What? I, that doesn't really break my heart. It's going to be harder not to watch this because I, I think there's so much potential, like Steve says, for genuine greatness. Even though, as much as they failed when we thought the exact same thing, mm-hmm. and trust me, it seems like it's easy. It was a note we like. How did you not think you were going to put Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One? Right. But that was five minutes. It, you are. It simultaneously might be. It seems intuitively like a Darth Vader movie is a no-brainer. That could be the worst of all worst because you screw up Darth Vader, man. I mean, they got it exactly right for five minutes. If you screw up Darth Vader, I mean, you really just need to never, ever show your face in filmmaking yeah. again. But what I didn't even mention this, but what's been Disney's, Disney's uh, trend recently? Cruella de Vil, Maleficent giving signature villains within its universe their own kind of origin mm-hmm. movies, right? I'm not against who's the, who's the biggest signature villain in the history of motion pictures? Darth Vader is. And he's the only one that's never really gotten one of those. The Empire Strikes Back is kind of the closest to that because it's really the movie where he well, takes center stage. The whole prequels were that, and it's just was... Ugh. Yeah, that's <laughs> and this is one way that you undo all of that damage. Yeah. All right, number six. Omicron utterly destroys the COVID stan narrative. Um, This is the strain that shows the coronavirus is finally attenuating, and it spreads so much throughout much of the country that herd immunity is finally achieved. I I can't tell you how many people I know right now that are sick and or COVID positive. I can't tell you how many. More than... There are more people sick right now than I can remember at any point in time in my entire life. By summer, several European countries will return pretty close to normal. And now I'm thinking that might be actually too conservative. And that debate will be raging here as well, which leads to my next prediction, number five. These kind of have to go in a block. Sure. There will be open dissension within the Democrat Party about whether to smartly choose the Omicron off-ramp. Every branch Covidian cultist is a Democrat, but not every Democrat is a branch Covidian cultist. Remember that. Democrat governors in places like Colorado, Kansas, and Connecticut have already sent some signal they're willing to sell the COVID, COVID stand stock now before it totally shorts out. And in an election year, they're not going to be alone. A growing chorus of Democrats up for re-election are going to realize they are totally doomed in November if they cannot return the country to some form of normalcy in time to boost the economy and overall mood. And that's going to take at least a quarter to actually show up, at least. However, in the end, the gravitational pull of Branch Covidian slash Twitter slash woke slash the cable news base could prove to be too strong and systematically maybe Democrats are incapable of choosing such sanity. Although I have to tell you, guys, you can tell I wrote this over a week ago because a lot has changed in just the last week. 
We've now got, look at this chain of events, Mr. Lemony Snicket. Nancy Pelosi invites Joe Biden to give the State of the Union on March 1st. That's the latest State of the Union in recent memory. At the same time now, they're admitting cloth masks don't work. They lowered the threshold for isolating. They did not. Everybody thought when they reset those guidelines, they were going to totally bow to their Branch Covidian base. They didn't. Now you have Rochelle Walensky is now open, and, and the governor of New York both now openly talking about the with COVID and from COVID phenomenon that we've addressed from the very beginning. Rochelle Walensky going on Fox News of all places to admit that 75% of those who died with COVID had at least four comorbidities. Now, the Steve Day show called and wants its 2020 show back. Because if you've been listening and watching ever since then, you knew all of this since about March, April, May of 2020. Why are they now telling us all this truth? I think it's because there's a growing sentiment over there to take the Omicron off-ramp. And you, and you, you, give, you spend January giving up all these points. You spend February now letting them filter through. And on March, you come through and you give your State of the Union like Bill Clinton after the 1994 midterms where he said the era of big government is over. And dementia stands up there and says the era of lockdowns and masks is over. And they just fight on jabs. Because they know that anybody on their side who's against jabs isn't voting Republican. Do you think Robert F. Kennedy's voting Republican this year? No, is the answer. Okay. Do you think... now? And here's the other thing. So everybody on their side that's pissed about jabs isn't voting for our side. And everybody on our side that's pissed about jabs was never voting for them no matter what the economy was going to say, right? How many people right now that are ticked off about jabs on the right were going to vote... We're like, you know, we had 7% growth this year. Let's see Nancy Pelosi's eyebrows, a speaker again for another two years. Did that person literally exist? No. So that's the calculus they're going to make. But let's say they don't. If they don't take the Omicron off-ramp. That leads me to my next prediction, number number four. Republicans surpass the net gain of House seats won in the contract with America election of 1994. That was the biggest midterm election for the Republican Party since the historic post-Reconstruction 1894 election led to a 54-seat net gain for Republicans. And I think if they don't take the Omicron off-ramp, Republicans will eclipse that this November. You've got now, what, 31 Democrat retirements in the House? All right, and because if they don't take the Omicron off-ramp, there is no other way out to craft a narrative beyond the current malaise in the country because it's infecting absolutely everything. I'll stop there for now, and we'll do the final three when I get when we get back. Quick thoughts. I'm not as optimistic, and I'm not sh- sure how much it even matters if the if that math happens. Um, just remember, this isn't just a fog, a COVID fog we're living in, where everything else is going fine, as you said. That you know we have a reality where. The, the smartest set in the land over in the Ivy Leagues are endorsing transgender swimmers while the women just sit there. Com- and they're saying, please help us. And they say, no, we're not helping you. You're all bigots. Uh, that's why it's, I don't, I don't know if the obvious truths 
of getting off off ramps just mean anything anymore. We living in cultish times, but hey, your lips to God's ears, brother. Aaron? So I believe that Omicron will destroy, utterly destroy COVID Stan's narrative. I do believe also that there is going to be open dissension amongst Democrats. Uh, however, I think the the most surefire part of, of any of this is that COVID Stan is is going to be is going to win out at the end of the day. I, I refuse again to let myself believe that any form of sanity, either for the right or wrong reasons, will return to any of these people. And so until that until that uh, until I see differently, that's what's going to happen. So yeah, it's gonna it, it's gonna destroy the narrative. Effectively though, that still that still remains to be seen. Three more predictions to go. We will get to them when we return. So here's a shocking fact. The average American family only has got about a week's worth of food at home. What about you? What if something happened and you couldn't get groceries for a long time? What if... Um, what is it? Uh, bear shelves, Biden. Is that the new thing now that's going around? Okay. What if that hits home where you live? That's where my Patriot supply comes in. They're the nation's largest emergency preparedness company. They specialize in long-term storage for food so that the next time, Hey, that can't happen here happens. You're ready to go with my Patriot supply. Their food stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage so it's there when you need it, and their, their meals average over 2,000 calories a day so that you'll have all the nutrition you need. You can save uh, $50 right now on their best-selling four-week emergency food kit. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. And it tastes pretty good, too, I'm told. I've not had a chance to try it yet, but that's what I'm told. So don't wait for something to happen. Place your order today. Save $50 per kit Get enough for everybody in your care order today with preparewithdace.com. Orders ship quickly. They arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy, not in polka-dotted Doom Prepper vans. Okay, so if you're worried about that, that's preparewithdace.com. Don't get left behind at preparewithdace.com. All right, let's continue. My, my final three predictions for 2022. Number three. We're going to see cracks in Trump's base continue to emerge. And while I think Democrats could very well get off of much of the COVID stand narrative in the coming few months, they're going to get off the jab mandate agenda. They have to pull those syringes from their cold, dead fingers. We're going to see jab mandates grow increasingly unpopular. I think the jab itself becomes increasingly ineffective. And if we've learned anything from the welfare state with Democrats, the more ineffective something shows itself to be, the more, of course, we should do it and mandate it, because otherwise wouldn't things just be so much more worse if we did not? I think you're also going to see Donald Trump's ego and loyalty to his base will clash consistently for the first time since his political ascension, that clip that you played, Aaron, in your montage where he begins to lecture yeah. his base, that we yeah. broke the seal on that. That is something Donald Trump had never done before. 
That's borderline violating the Ten Commandments of political warfare. Don't betray your own base. He's now that that's 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 five minutes away from George W. Bush saying if you opposed McCain Kennedy, you were xenophobic. You know, the first big amnesty grand bargain mm-hmm. they struck back in the day. All right. I, I think that he clearly sees this as his crowning achievement. Operation Warp Speed as a, as a president, that he's the Winston Churchill hero of the story here. Uh, when it comes to the battle against COVID, Stan, I think we'll see at least one Trump rally disrupted by discontentment with the jab. At the same time, I think you'll see Trump continue to double down on his belief in it. Which, again, leads me to my next prediction, number two. Republicans also will emerge with a narrow Senate majority, which causes Trump to badger Mitch McConnell into announcing his retirement. After months of sniping with his own base over the jab, Trump decides to change the subject and to reunite his base by going beyond rhetoric to an all-in effort to topple Mitch McConnell, whom Trump's base rightfully loathes, as Republican Senate leader for life. He's approaching 80, by the way. Actually, both these guys are. The move works. McConnell announces his retirement from the Senate. However, the long overdue lancing of the ditch boil comes with a hefty price. Trump agrees to elevate Elise Stefanik. I'm sorry. Another Elise Stefanik type. His surprise ally in this palace intrigue, Lindsey Graham, becomes McConnell's replacement because it can always get worse. Thoughts on those two packaged together. Before you said that, I was starting to think this was just a little too much Pollyanna, but then you came through, brother. Yeah, Yeah, I was about to to light this one up, actually. (laughs) I I was about to say I've never disagreed with a prediction you've made more than this one. And then you ended with Lindsey Graham becoming the the, 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 uh, Senate Majority Leader. Okay, yeah. Yeah, whatever the worst possible outcome is. If you would have said something like, a squish or even somebody conservative, I would have just squashed that. But now, now with that ending, now I, I kind of agree with that. I, I'm here to tell you, that's a downgrade. And I think my utter, almost unbiblical level of loathing for Ditch McConnell, fairly well documented over the last four or five years, fair? Fair. That's a downgrade. That's a downgrade. Before I get to my number one prediction tell you about our friends over at home title lock you know you've got homeowners insurance for good reason because without it fire flood burglary some other unforeseen disaster can destroy you financially but there's something else out there you got to be prepared for and it's called home title fraud the feds call it one of the fastest growing crimes in the country it can ruin you financially that's why you want to get a hold of our friends Over at Home Title Lock, this fraud happens when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you've sold your home to them. Then they take out loans against your home and leave you with the payments. You'll spend a fortune in legal fees trying to prove that you didn't do this, that you're the victim of a fraud, you didn't commit one. Uh, But that's why you want to get a hold of Home Title Lock so you don't have to do that. They put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the instant they detect anyone from a a cyber thief to a renter to anybody attempting to infiltrate or uh, take too long of a gander at your home's title, they will mobilize to shut it down. So go to HomeTitleLock.com right now, register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't know it. 
And then while you're there, enter the code RADIO for a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com for a 60-day money-back guarantee. My number one prediction for 2022, DeSantis dominates. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, I believe, will post a double-digit victory in his re-election campaign. By the end of the year, polls will show he is the most net favorable Republican politician in the country, which will only increase the intrigue and odds he will indeed challenge Trump for the GOP nomination in 2024. And as an addendum to when I put these together over a week ago, in the last week, I have seen his political team on Twitter at the highest levels going after Frank Luntz, going after Big Pharma. I mean, truly injecting them, not, not Florida stories that are national, but national stories, truly injecting themselves into the national conversation. On an, on an offensive level, not just defensively reacting to it. And I don't think that's coincidental either. So that is my number one prediction for 2022. Thoughts on that? And then we'll discuss what you guys think of these predictions as a whole. Well, that is the alpha and omega prediction. Again, not because uh, a cult should at any point be formed around DeSantis. But really, what we've seen is that not only what he has said and done uh, worked efficaciously in terms of COVID, keeping uh, life going, but people also are voting with their feet. They're moving to Florida. there's, There's clearly something there. So... If it comes elect and look at his 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 opponent is so pathetic over vacation she resorted to cleavage shots of herself to get attention. Not kidding, grown absolutely did that. So if we do get to this election and he loses, there's a lot of time here between now and November. So I any number of things could make my standard for what darkness means. Uh, change but listen if he loses that will be like the yo moment of god is clearly utterly pulled back because the trajectory he's on if it maintains is like this is it should be anointed this is one of the places where a paradigm seems to have changed but and we've made, we have various ways of measuring this. There's there's real. We're not just wish casting. There's real meat there. But if it does not on election day for whatever reason, wow! I, I abandon all hope. Ye who enter here. I mean, it is simply time as people of faith to go to the catacombs. I, I, I think not because he's our political savior. It won't be. It'll be less about him than it'll be about us. That's my point. We will have clearly checked out. On this thing called self-governance. Aaron? I don't even want to think about what it could mean if that, uh, is it Nikki Fried, Nikki yes. Freed? Yeah. Uh, could beat DeSantis. Now, we've seen this before. A politician, anybody, even with the great record and seemingly great instincts that Ron DeSantis enjoys, 
and brings to the table. We've seen people just completely flame out. Sure. Pick oh, the wrong, possible, yeah. pick the wrong hills to die on, and good thing there long. aren't any recent examples of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm talking about what if he doesn't. But if he stays the course the way that he has, and he still loses in Florida, um, might just be time to turn out the lights. Then it might be. I, I don't know what other what other indication you would need. Maybe come to Iowa. I, I guess. I guess we could use you if you're. If you're conservative, but um, I I think I've seen I, I've seen so many politicians be like three or four or five weeks behind the trend line of where their base actually is. Not mentioning any names, Greg Abbott, um, Ron DeSantis consistently consistently is right on the leading edge, right on the razor's edge of where his base is, not just in Florida but nationally. That's invaluable, folks. The team that he has around him, the wife that I ha- that he has, from what I've heard, these things are playing to his advantage. They already have, and if it can, if he has designs on running for uh, the White House, it's going to continue to help him because right now he leads on basically everything on every front, especially when it comes to COVID, Stan. So, let's look at these predictions as a whole. Do you guys see any symmetry, anything stand out? I, I, if, if you do, I, it wasn't intentional. I basically just put them together. Now, for the first time ever, a couple of them were were blockchained together because one led to another in a series of events. But what stands out to you guys as a whole about the predictions I've laid out for the coming year? You are more optimistic than the two of us are and how I wish I could feel that way. I think it seems, and and you'll tell me if I'm wrong, that ultimately at the end of the day, there are just undeniable political electoral realities at least that's one of the variables in play in your analysis. If one, It's undeniably one of the major ones that can't help but, if not eliminate the cult, can't help but hit, hit the pause button, at least for a little while. Is that... Because we're talking about this particular year. This is a, this is a good question. Because um, you're... You, I, I'm, I'm talking to the guy who is the trendsetter on total depravity. And I know you would never yes. set that aside, but yes. you have a level of optimism here. I can't because I think total depravity is on crack right now. I agree that it's on crack. There's only one force in this universe or in this creation more potent than that of total depravity. Amen. And that is God's sovereignty. Yes. And I absolutely believe Omicron is an act, is a sovereign act of God. I absolutely believe it. I don't think they saw it coming. I think that it's completely blindsided them. And no one at CDC had Rochelle Walensky admitting on Good Morning America earlier today that 75% of COVID cases and deaths were people that had at least four comorbidities. Okay. Nobody, nobody, nobody in the, on, at the, in the bowels of hell, when they have their COVID stand bingo games and strategy sessions, nobody had, hey, what do you guys think about putting Rochelle Walensky on Good Morning America to admit 
that 75% of the people who died with COVID were probably going to die of something else anyway that exact same year. No one, no, they weren't going to do that on purpose. We've been pointing that out for two. People got banned. People lost careers and their standings and their platforms for the stuff they're openly admitting to and saying right now. This is a retcon. We're going from the great reset here to the great retcon. They're attempting to figure out how to take an unavoidable action. The laws of nature and nature's God, you and I were kind of debating about this last week. Is this a natural phenomenon? Is it a supernatural one? Yes. This is the, the laws of nature and nature's God play out in the natural world, but they are a supernatural phenomenon. There is, there is a way that the creation works as dictated by the creator and not even total depravity comes over the top rope of it. Not even. We were just talking last hour. The protesters in France, they don't have any tanks. They don't have any guns, right? But why are we assuming that if they continue to be ignored, this will descend into violence? Because again, these laws will be enforced one way or the other. The same thing applies here. They thought they had created some form of a bioweapon. They could just sustain this forever. And then out of nowhere now, we have true attenuation. And the thing is spreading everywhere. Everywhere. More spread than we've ever seen. And they can't get a hold of it now. Their whole zero COVID strategy is toast. So they're trying to retcon a new explanation. So I I wouldn't call it optimism. I'd call it observation. I, I would not have made these predictions when we left here on December the 17th. That's how quickly this thing has dissolved. Hell, some of the predictions I made I wrote last week seem obsolete based on what they're admitting to now. I think this thing is unraveling them. That's what I think. And I think the real mystery is the rest of the year or this first quarter of the year is how many people on that side are going to be like, you know, we were never really into this all this to this point. Anyway, we already beat Trump. Good job. Okay, that worked. Let's get the hell off this train now. I think that's the argument that's going to be had. But the Omicron trains are coming, brother. It's already here, man. It's it's in every port and every station in the country. And the truth is now, Mr. Mulder, out there, if you know what I'm saying. So it's not observation as much as it's observation. Something happened that changed the calculus. And it was Omicron, the control group. Overtime coming your way for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.